Hello, everybody, and welcome to our all-new episode of the Wrestling Time Machine. I'm your host, Mac Davis, along with my two fantastic co-hosts. First, he is a legendary pro wrestling journalist, Mr. Bill After. Hey, Bill. Well, like, like I always say, like Captain Luan Banu used to say, I'm a legend in my own mind, brother. And our, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and our other co-host, WWE Hall of Famer, Mr. Teddy Long. Hey, Teddy. Yay. Hey, what, what's happening, you, Mac, and Bill? Uh, good, to be, be, good to be back with you guys. Uh, had a chance to look at some footage uh, from you guys with that uh, Wrestling Hall of Fame. I thought you guys did a great job up there, and you had some outstanding people you had a chance to do interviews with, and I thought you guys did a great job. You know, Thank I you want to bring this up, too. Uh, and, Bill, I, I know you have some video footage. Uh, during that weekend, you spoke with Tony Atlas. And I did. one of the things that Tony Atlas spoke mm-hmm. about was Teddy Long. And, he went to town. And, and I'm Long. sure he's here to hear this. Yeah, I mean, uh, Teddy, you are one man loved by Tony Atlas. Uh, he puts you over big time. I look forward to that interview. It's really good. And uh, he talks about a couple of things that uh, I know you will remember and understand. And it's something I think our fans would love. So, Bill, let us all know when that breaks. Yeah, definitely. It'll be it'll be on uh, Russell Binge. And he talked about times that Vince McMahon demanded you be at the building. There's some great, great stories there. So we don't want to give it away here. He wouldn't do the show. He wouldn't do the show without me. Yes. That's the story. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. he, he said how valuable you were to not just the company, but to Vince McMahon personally. And Tony is such a, I always said, he's like a child in a wrestler's body. He's so warm and fuzzy and such a, a, a he's such a nice guy. And he's, he's so intelligent too. He could speak almost on, on anything and he does incredible artwork. Yeah, I've got some. Uh, I've got a picture of myself that he drew of me. Uh, I'll send you guys a copy of that and show it to you. But yeah, he is a, him and uh, Jerry Lawler are about the two guys that are really top-notch artists, man. Oh yeah. Oh hey, yes. speaking of Jerry Lawler, uh, I saw some footage of him too. He came out after uh, the show the other night and uh, came out on stage, and he looked fantastic. He looked like yeah, he was. He he, you know, I, I know he's not a hundred percent, but. Uh, he, he looks really healthy to me. It was a smile on his face, which was nice to see. Well, yeah, he didn't prepared. want. From what I understand, he didn't want to come out and do a whole thing. He had a little. He was a little non-shaven also, but it's the first real arena public appearance he has made since he had that stroke, and he's still, you know, trying to get back to uh, uh, being that upbeat personality. Uh, but he's still. He's still the king. I, yeah. I, you know, I almost feel like a broken record, but it, it's something we have to talk about. In fact, Sports Kid asked us to, uh, to talk about this discussion. So over the weekend, Wembley Stadium for AEW, huge event, absolutely huge. One of the largest. 81,000 people, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just incredible. In the pre-show, Jungle Jack Perry, which I don't think he goes by Jungle anymore, just Jack Perry, uh, had a match against Hook. And during the match, he pointed out that the windshield of a car that he is about to go through was real glass. And he says, 
real glass, cry me a river. Now, that may not seem like much to anybody who was watching. It doesn't keep up with the dirt sheets. But what had happened was he was making reference that about a week before he wanted to do a match and he wanted to go through a real windshield of an automobile. And people like Tony Schiavone and uh, people like CM Punk said, no, there's no sense in risking yourself, putting yourself in a bad situation or the company in a bad situation by doing so. So it didn't happen. He got his nose out of joint. At the end of his match, when he made those comments to the camera and after he went through a windshield and got cut up, he made his way to the back in the first match of the show. As he's coming out from the uh, end of the pre-show to the beginning of the first of the show, the first match is CM Punk in Samoa Joe. Yep. He passes by Punk. Reports are, and I'm not going to even read one because there's so many freaking reports out there, and every one of them's got a little bit something different in it. But the gist of the story is that Jungle Jack Perry went up and kind of bumped CM Punk or got in his face, and CM Punk... And again, not exactly sure what he did, but it seems like he may have kind of just grabbed him by the neck and kind of backed him off and and kind of put him in his place. And like, no, what are you doing? That kind of thing. Or asked him, do we have a problem? So that goes down. They're said that they were broken apart. Some people say that maybe he got a little more physical. Some people say, no, no, it didn't. When Punk comes back to the back, followed by security to the back. He already finds out that Jack Perry was asked to leave the building Mm -hmm. after the incident. Nobody had mentioned anything to Punk. Punk actually made the offer, is it best for me to leave? And they said, yeah, probably would be. So he left. They're now saying that both have been suspended. I have not heard for sure that CM Punk has been suspended because they're saying He hasn't heard anything if he has been. Nothing official. Uh, And the next pay-per-view coming up in just five days, or how many days from now, Bill? Is that right? Five days from now? Well, depending upon when we're taping this, it's on the weekend coming up, yes. And that match is taking place in Chicago, CM Punk's hometown. And he may not be there for that pay-per-view or the premium live event. I I I think with all this going on, um, you know, people were talking about that Tony Khan said a long time ago that, you know, it's great that there's that whole fog between a shoot and a work, so to say. That could be this. I don't think it is. But I do not think if CM Punk is going to be sidelined or suspended, I don't think it's going to go on in Chicago because the fans there, no matter what CM Punk does, are loyal to him. And I think the whole show, if he's not there, they're going to be blasting every match with chance of CM Punk, CM Punk. I'll be honest with you. They had 81,000 people at that show. They put on a stellar show. MJF and Adam Cole was probably the match of the year at this point. Um, This part of what happened there is taking the thunder away from from what a quality professional wrestling show this was. So I take the CM Punk and the Jack Perry thing and I put it over here and I want to say congratulations. You broke the the attendance records. You, you had a fantastic show. Congratulations. 
to like what MGF said, all the misfits that shouldn't have been there, but they were, that made this show spectacular. And it was. But is it not unfortunate that the news again uh, from the pay-per-view wasn't the pay-per-view, but the drama behind the scenes? I just said that. that, that yeah. yeah. That to me, uh, Teddy, let, let's just say we're in WWE and that took place. I'm guessing Vince, first of all, the second that Jack Perry made his way through the curtains would have said you're fired. I don't know where you throw blame on CM Punk. I don't, you know, I hate this because I know people will think I'm a big CM Punk supporter and I'm, that's not the case. I'm I'm just looking at what I hear. And if CM Punk is just trying to help and try to calm things down and keep things within perspective and teach some of the young guys, you know, you don't need to do this and this doesn't need to be done. And you don't need to be a smart ass, especially right now at this point of a pay-per-view. Um, I just can't find fault for CM Punk. It sounds to me like there's a lot of just young talent that can't grow up. Well, here's the thing, man. And like I said, I can't really speak on uh, AEW because I don't watch it, okay? But here's what I can say about this. You know what I mean? Now, Jack Perry, I don't know the young man, never met him a day in my life. Okay, the only thing I can say about this, if he was in the WWE, because I think, in my opinion, this is my opinion, I think the leadership there is a lot better. If he had been told by Vince McMahon that to not use real glass, no, he that wouldn't have never happened. And if he disobeyed Vince McMahon's order that to not to do something, just like you said, as soon as he walked through that curtain, he'd have been fired. No yes, suspension, right. none of that stuff. But I think that if he was in the WWE, the leadership there would have certainly put him in his place and he wouldn't have never made a mistake like that. If somebody tell you don't do something, then you don't do it. So I think that's just come from the leadership in AEW. How do you fix the problem? Does the problem need to be fixed at the very top? Is Tony Khan the, the, the real? I mean, you're running the company. It happened twice on pay-per-view. Something's got to fall on Tony's shoulders. He's got to be, I mean, he's got to almost make an example out of someone. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's say you were working for Walmart, okay? And the boss told you you can't do something and you break the rules. You either get a write-up or you're out on your butt out the door and you're fired. So it's just like any other company. If you break well, the rules and you intimidate people, it's just going to be really bad for you. Well, it, it would be a little different too in our business because if you're told not to go through a, a windshield that has real oh, glass, yeah. you're taking chances of hurting yourself. You can yep. do real damage to your own self. So that's what I think the WWE is looking out for. Not only what you could what's going to cause problems for the fans, but you're going to cause problems for yourself. You you become a liability. Now, if something happened to you, they got to send you to the hospital. They got to pay all your hospital bills for some nonsense that you were told not to do. So it just doesn't make make any sense to me to just put your own self in danger. You know, but these these young kids, I like I said, a lot of them, you know, they kind of hard headed. So I guess this is it is what it is. We should have cut it off at the past because they knew there was trouble brewing and i think even though they they wanted to continue with the uh, angle and the storyline and everything and what's going on in aew i would have left one of them home i i just think there's a, a lot of people that need to grow up that, that well, i mean they just need to work this is a profession 
you well, know, now, let me, now let me ask you this. Now, is this pay-per-view that's coming up in Chicago, is that match with CM Punk, is he scheduled to wrestle Jack Perry? No, neither one, by the way. And I'm, see, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say this. Um, neither one is scheduled on that pay-per-view card as of now. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if I go back to the very beginning of all the troubles we had with CM Punk and the, you know, the Young Bucks and all that, and we kept saying, you need to do something with this. When he came back to Collision, I thought he had a group of guys on that program that he wanted to work with and that he wanted as his roster. Mm-hmm. So having said that, Part of me wonders, is this somebody trying to perform a little magic that we believe doesn't happen anymore, but it can? Do you understand what I'm saying? No. I'm wondering if that maybe this is a work and they're doing it so well because it was based on something that happened a year ago, and maybe that will build a feud between these two. Yeah, but if they have a match... It's going to be obvious that it was a, that the whole thing is a work. It's going to be obvious unless it's a shoot fight. It's it's going to be it's too obvious. They can't put them in the ring against each other after this. Well, I mean, so would you never put uh, CM Punk and the Young Bucks in the same ring together after all that drama? No, I think the I, I think the Young Bucks. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think the Young Bucks situation is different than the CM Punk and Jack Perry situation. Teddy, what'd you say a minute ago? Vince would do it. He'd put them together right. in the ring. Exactly. Yep. Right. That's not only does that draw money, but it draws ratings too. That does a lot of stuff for TV. But also, if Vince did do that, I guarantee you he would have a conversation with both of them, you know, before they even went out there. And they would he would explain, you know, what's good and what's not bad. But I mean, Vince would, would capitalize on it. That's money right there. Yeah. Like I said, I we don't know whether they're working it or not, but if they are, I think they're doing a poor job of it. Well, the oh, thing well. is, the fans, they, they're, if they have a match between Jack Perry and CM Punk, the fans of AEW are similar to the fans that loved passionately ECW, and they will figure out that it's Bull SH immediately. And and that could, that could set things backwards. Well, here's what they can do. Now, they, since CM Punk was really not the aggressor, then they could drop the suspension on CM Punk and have him show up at the pay-per-view and have him have a match. Now, mm-hmm. during that CM Punk match, then out of the blue, here comes Jack Perry, which has been suspended, but he don't give a shit. He buy, he can buy a ticket, okay, which makes it legal. He can Ryan buy a ticket and come into the arena. So maybe here comes Jack Perry right at the end if Punk is trying to, you know, maybe when it's time Punk goes for his finish, Jack hits that ring and there's a big fucking all-out brawl right there, brother. You know, now you got a big pull apart, even even involved the police. So, you know, I mean, we, we just have to wait and see what happens. But I think if they're working this, it's just horrible. It's amazing that every time a wrestler, quote-unquote, buys a ticket, you notice it's always in the front row. It just yeah. happens to be one seat yeah, they, in the front row. Yeah, they're not like I said. If it's a work, it's a lot. It's it's, it's a more better way you could have worked this and made it yes. more believable yep. than what they're doing. Because that's yep. why I say I don't think it's a work because it's just so shabby. You know, you know what? I I met Jack Perry. He's a nice kid, but again, the people around his age in the business that make as much money as he makes, 
there's a whole different attitude about who I am at that point. But it doesn't mean it's the right attitude, that's for sure, because no, no, uh, that, no. that's what those veterans are there for to kind of, you know, look, these guys, they're on the road a lot. And uh, the older guys have always been, I would imagine, in wrestling, the guys that would kind of keep the young bucks kind of in line and make sure they grew up the right way within the business. And even in some of their personal cases, I've heard of guys who are older that basically mentored the younger guys as a father figure in some cases, because they didn't have anybody. They were already young. They're on the road and they had to learn from somebody. So these young guys need to pay attention when the, when these older guys who have been in the business all this time are offering you some help, some insight as to how to make it work in this business. I would just, Open my ears and listen. That's what you should do. Don't be a smart ass and act like you know everything. Because at that point, I've always been told, if you know everything, you don't need to be in the business anymore. You should always be learning something new. You know, always. At the press conference, MJF called them a bunch of everybody, a bunch of effing misfits and all that. And they should not even have been this. But they all got together as a team and put this, made this whole thing happened. So it's terrible that this little piece, I mean, look at this. One of the most amazing things was Sting in 63, 64 years old, performing like he's in his 20s. There was a great night. It was a great night. I refused to let this whole CM Punk, Jack Perry thing spoil what was an excellent professional wrestling show with 81,000 fans so enthusiastic it was wonderful boom all right here we go guys i want to talk about uh, a couple of people that we lost last week actually there was a lot of people we lost last week i uh i remember at one point i, I lost count i even turned to bill i turned to you at one point this week and i said how many does that make four or five and yeah. do you remember all the names because i because there were some names i can't remember off the top of my head well, there was a uh, rich, um, I can't remember his last name, one of the ring announcers for uh, um, Jim Crockett Promotions, of course, Bray Wyatt, Terry Funk, Abe Jacobs. Um, and there was one other death. I don't remember who it was. I do. Uh, the other name was Bob Barker. The price was. Oh, right yes. Now. Yes. And, and, you know, he was within the WWE. He did a great bit uh, with Chris Jericho. One of the things that you will always see on highlight reels because it was so funny. Um, but, yeah, we they lost a lot on of Raw, great guys. By the way, they said on Raw that he was like the best celebrity uh, host that they ever had. I agree with that. Teddy, who, who do you think were some of the uh, some of the best guest hosts they ever had in WWE? Uh, I got a chance to see uh, Larry King. I liked him. God rest his soul. He was uh, really outstanding when he came there. He was very good. Uh, let's go back to Terry Funk real quick. Guys, I got a video I want to share with everybody. Something that is a few minutes long, um, but it was his induction into the International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame from a couple of years ago. And a lot of people may not have seen this, but uh, it was one of the last interviews that I can recall that I've seen with Terry Funk. Uh, so it was one of his last few, I'm sure. Let me bring this up for you. So Manny Fernandez drove for like eight hours to give it to him. Correct. All right. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to do it this way. We'll get this. Let's see if this works. Again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Oh, Willie Nelson, this is a great morning. I'm going to Amarillo, Texas. 
to sit down with the great Kerry Funk and present him Hall of Fame induction ring. It's such a great honor to be able to present this to Terry Funk this morning because he's such a great man. He truly deserves everything. One of the greatest and probably the greatest to ever lace up a pair of boots. My mentor, besides for wrestling in and out of the ring, we became great friends and have been that way for over 40 years. So it's going to be a great honor to present him with a Hall of Fame ring. And I know that all the people will be delighted to know that he got his ring. Great morning and a great day. God bless everybody. Thank you. He presents someone that means so much to me. From the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, this beautiful ring from Seth Turner, to the greatest that ever lived in my book, the best that ever walked down the aisle in this square circle, who made me the man I am today. I appreciate everything he's done, and his ring is beautiful and presented to you, Terry Funk, Penny, and all the funny people. Penny, thank you so much. You know, Penny and I go back a long way, all the way back to West Texas, played a little football together, and yes, we did. And uh, I'll tell you, this is such an honor to me to get this ring presented by him to me and from the organization that it's coming from. This really means something. This is a very special thing. It's something that I truly deserve. Well, it's something that my heart just, it's just, takes my heart away, it does. It, it just well, you've done so much for so many. There's so many people you put on the map and made their career, especially mine, that I've never forgotten. You know, what you did for me in Florida, and I'll never, ever forget that. Well, Mandy, there was, you know, a lot of boys came out of West Texas. Yes, sir. Or a whole bunch of them did, and a whole bunch of good ones. A bunch of guys that, uh, they, they took care of their profession and they loved it. And I think that we should have the College of West Texas presented some kind of award ah, sometime in the future. I agree. Because for all the boys to yes, put into the world of wrestling. Yes, sir. And all of them accomplished and came top workers and all come with a West Texas State background. That's it. Yes, they did. A lot of nutty guys. A lot of nutty guys, you're right. A lot of nutty ones. <laughs> we can tell stories. Manny, oh yeah, I can sure tell a few on you. <laughs> I know you can. All right. All right. Bye. Wrestling has changed so much since I first got into the profession. Some of us have been able to survive through it. Some of us haven't. A bunch of guys that have gotten themselves a ring, set it up in an arena somewhere, and produce a wrestling show out of love. Not money, out of love. Wow, how powerful. Yeah, I, you know, that was something uh, I just knew that we we shared that to a select group uh, a couple years ago. And it just watching him speak again, uh, I'll be honest with you, it kind of gave me chills just watching that. I want to uh, show you listening. something that I sure. dug up about earlier this afternoon. This was taken in the dressing room at Madison Square Garden, 1971. Wow. Me with Terry and Dory Sr., yep. one of the first interviews that I did at Madison Square Garden. 
So yeah, I want that's I want a very cool picture. Yeah, thank you. Look at that head of hair, huh? Yeah, I was kind of noticing that. I was wondering if uh, a you know a muskrat or something laid on top of you while you took the picture. Right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I had so many great moments and times with him through the years. I miss him very, very much. Teddy, I know that he was very special to you as well in your career. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Uh, Terry was one of the guys that uh, definitely looked out for me back in the day. Um, had a lot of fun with him when we did the thing we call we called it Fox Grill. Yeah. So I made a couple of appearances in Fox Grill. Me and uh, uh, me and Mark Callis before he was ever the Undertaker. So I just had so much fun uh, with Terry, man. And uh, and I did talk to him over the years. You know, he's like I said, he's one of the guys that I always wish a Merry Christmas to and. I did talk to him during while he was ill and stuff. So we had conversations. So I always wanted to let him know I never forgot him. And I was always thinking about him. You know, uh, one of the uh, Funk's Grills we played on Road Trip After Hours, I think it was just last week. Uh, well, I know it was last week. And it was the one where he, uh, he introduced dancing Teddy Long, who came out with uh, who would later become The Undertaker. But, uh, of course, at that point, it was Mark uh, Calloway, right? Is that He went by Calloway, didn't he? Mark Callis. Yeah, Mark Callis. That's right. And uh, I mean, but watching Teddy come out and watching him bust a move right there with uh, with, you know, with Terry was just a fantastic moment in the face of the Undertaker or Mark in the background trying to maintain composure for a man <laughs> who doesn't really break a smile. Watch that video and you'll see that he actually can if you get him good enough. Uh, it, I, it was, talked it, Terry. I talked to Terry about five months ago. I called him and he went right into, he said, Bill Lapter, what do you want? You're still going to be a pain in my ass. What do you want? <laughs> he just was, you know, even though um, his mind was going a bit and everything, he yeah. still had that little bit of uh, spunky. And I asked him if he wanted to do an interview, just to tell the fans how he's doing. He said, well, call me back in a week or so. And we never got to do it. My first memories of Terry Funk, uh, like I was saying a minute ago, was in Funk's Grill with people like Teddy and doing his, his crazy stuff. But the moment that made the biggest impression on me as a wrestling fan, he was ringside announcing at the table. Ric Flair's in the ring. He picks him up after he, you, know, you think nothing's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, he's pile driving Ric Flair straight through the table. That was I my first pictures. major was memory of uh, of Terry yeah. Funk, and it's uh, if you haven't seen that, go back and pull those uh, videos up because they're they're really good good stuff. Uh, Teddy, mm -hmm. I it, was Terry really easy to work with? Did he go by a script, or did you guys just call it on the fly? Well, we in WCW we called it on the fly. There were no writers there, you know what I mean. Nobody. We just uh, got our bullet points. We knew what we needed to talk about, and uh, we just uh, we winged it. Now, speaking of flies, let me talk about the fireflies, too, because we mm -hmm. lost Bray Wyatt uh, as well. Um, we're about to run out of time, but uh, guys, memories of Bray Wyatt for either one of you. Uh, Bray Wyatt, I've known him ever since he was a baby. Uh, back in the day, uh, me and Mike Rotunda, we had a chance to ride together. And uh, when we'd always go to Florida, Bray would come to the, Mike would bring him to the arena because they lived in Florida. And when he came to the arena, they had a Rockweiler dog, big Rockweiler. And that rock and, and Mike would sit Bray right down in his chair and he would sit that dog right beside Bray. And you couldn't go nowhere near Bray. Right. That dog didn't let you nowhere near him, not at all. So 
I remember Brave, you know, from a baby. So, and uh, I had a chance to talk to him since he growed up and stuff. And one night he used one of my praises uh, in one of his promos. And he said, let me holler at you, player. And I thought about that. And so when I, the last Raw that I went to, I had a chance to talk to him and I mentioned that to him. He said, oh, yeah, 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 Teddy, you know me and you. I said, hey, <laughs> just, I said, just keep me relevant, player. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So, God, I, I just, I think we, we just lost a, a young man there way too soon. Yeah. yeah. Bill, any memories with Bray Wyatt for you? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, you know, he could have been a um, a horror movie writer. Yeah. He was one of the most creative talents I had ever come across. Many, many times I met him uh, backstage at WWE. And 2018 at a uh, uh, the big event in uh, New York, in Astoria. The, and he's there were hundreds of people waiting for him. And he saw me in the crowd just standing there wave i waved to him and he made his way through the crowd to give me a hug so That's cool. yeah just very sweet cool. sweet man you know it's, it's it's big losses uh we're gonna have them more and more but uh it that was a tough week because i mean those were two names especially those two uh that, that just punched you i mean the you well, remember like, Ouch. dr chris featherstone and i interviewed mike rotundo about two and a half, three weeks before Bray passed. And he said Bray was really excited about trying to make a comeback in the very near future. And that was it. I, that's why it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, unfortunate. Our uh, sympathies with the family and uh, I know his wife and the kids. And uh, mm-hmm. that's got to be rough, really rough. And uh, so our prayers and sympathies for those family, for this family. Uh, it just is awful. Absolutely awful. Guys, we are out of time. Let me ask you uh, anything coming up for either one of you that we need to talk about. No, I let's see. I think on uh, this coming Thursday, uh, I'm going to be down in Atlanta at the Hyde Regency with the Dragon Con people. I'm going to make an appearance at Dragon Con. Also, uh, September the 9th, I'm going to be over along with you, Mac. We're going to be over at the Daz uh, Barbecue over off Memorial Drive for Deep South Wrestling. Nick Patrick uh, got a big show going there. And on the 28th, 29th, I think I'm going to be up around Maryland with uh, James Elworth in Adrenaline Championship Wrestling. So that's a whole, uh, be kind of moving around, players. And also uh, at that Das Barbecue up in the Atlanta area, a special guest will be there as well that we understand, which is Mr. Eric Bischoff. Uh, he'll also wow. be there uh, for that wow. evening. Yes, yeah, so and, be- and it's a free show. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm glad you said that because I, I completely forgot to mention that. Yeah, it is a free show, guys. You get to come that's by a and wonderful- enjoy the barbecue. That's a wonderful four-letter word that starts with the letter F. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bill, anything coming up for you? Yeah, we've got um, uh, the uh, 16th of September. I'll be uh, at the uh, Legends Fan Fest in Hamburg, Pennsylvania. A ton of legends will be there. So looking forward to meeting all the after chatters and the uh, time machine people there. Oh, good. Look, and I'll be uh, doing the grand opening for our local uh, supermarket that's just open around the corner, Piggly Wiggly. I'll be doing that and signing autographs oh. uh, and taking groceries to the car. But wait, uh, wait, wait. before you before you leave, with the first time I ever went down to Georgia, I never heard of Piggly Wiggly, and I asked somebody, "Where do I go to get a bottle of Diet Coke?" And they said, "Well, you go to Piggly Wiggly." And I yeah. had no, and then I became such a fan of Piggly Wiggly. I actually have. A uh, a business card from the original store that I went to. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Teddy knows about Piggly Wiggly. They used to have them all over the South at one time. So. They still they still got some of them somewhere, brother. Yep. I see them every now and then when I'm on the road. I'm going to tell you right now, I send my wife there. We have a Piggly Wiggly where I live. Ooh, uh, yeah. It's one of the few yeah. there. And they have the local meats there. So the meats, the steaks, and the you know the hamburger, everything's much better at Piggly Wiggly. You don't know that I was born in the South, do you? You were born in the South? Yeah, South Bronx in New York. Yep, we're out of time for this week. My name is Matt Davis, (laughs) (laughs) along with WWE (laughs) Hall of Famer Teddy Long. Oh, and uh, the crazy guy right there, Mr. Bill After. We'll see you next week. Holla. That's it. That was as bad, Teddy, that was as bad as this weekend when the escalation.